Hello, welcome to The Hard Carry. I'm your host, Adam Fitch. What I'm going to do in this episode, like always, as you'll find out every Saturday, take you through what's just happened in the past week in terms of the esports industry. So partnerships, sponsorships, personnel changes, uh, training centres being announced and opened, and, and kind of everything in between. We've just gone through what is a very hectic week, a very busy week, very active week in the esports industry in terms of all of these kind of deals. And um, it's, it's easier for me to kind of go through in 15, 20 minutes and tell you what's happened and uh, the biggest bits at least and why they matter as opposed to you having to read through 20 different articles, you know. So first upon the agenda for this week is the LEC. So Riot Games' premier European League of Legends competition. Um, as, as we saw with its rebrand at the beginning of 2019, a slew of partners um, wanted to get involved with this new product. And what we've seen is the continuation of that, as well as the addition of a few a few other brands. I sure, I'm sure there's more to come. But so what we've seen in the past week, so four main partners were announced um, to return. So we've got Logitech G, the gaming peripherals company. We've got Warner Music, the, the record label. We've got home appliances brand Beko Beko. I don't know how to pronounce that, but... It's, it's a bit strange. It's a bit of a strange partner anyway to have. And then uh, Tachibo, which is a coffee brand. So all of all of these brands have returned for at least the 2020 season of the LEC. So that, that just kind of means you'll get more of the same um, broadcast segments that you had before. Some like um, presenting sponsorships, really. Nothing too major that's going to change how the league runs. But it's just uh, these brands are slapping our names on things. So as well as returning partners, we also have new partners. So we've got KitKat, for example, the Nestle brand. So this is a weird one because obviously, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big chocolate. Everyone knows who it is in the, in the West. Everyone knows who KitKat is, who KitKat is, sorry, you know. But they're going to be sponsoring like the, the breaks and downtimes in the broadcast, which is a very strange thing to be betting on. So it also seem it kind of almost seems like the LEC is banking on having these issues and saying, okay, well, let's slap KitKat there with a the whole, like, take a break or have a break, whatever the slogan is there. But, like, I don't know if that's a thing you want to be associated with if you're, if you're Nestle and KitKat. Do you, do you want to be slapping your name and your brand all over such downtimes? You know, I don't, it's not a very positive thing. Nonetheless, there will be some downtimes. There will be some moments where things need to be altered and changed. So you can guarantee they're going to get some airtime for at least a spring split, which is what this deal um, kind of spans so far. There's not been an announcement for the, the summer split, so I guess they're just trialing it and, and seeing how that goes. Another partner for the league is AK Racing which is a gaming chair manufacturer very standard deal here nothing to really rave about by any means in my opinion we see it with with the likes of DX Racer and Secret Labs um it's just yeah they're going to be supplying chairs and there'll be a branded chair for um with LEC branding that fans can buy at a later date which is always the case so they don't actually launch this partnership with sales in mind initially it's, it's a bit of a strange one unless they're trying to do some supply and demand thing but I'm not sure that really works for the gaming chair you know it's just some somewhere for me to park my arse so, in terms of the LEC, we're almost done. So, Huya, Chinese live streaming platform, um, which we'll also mention in another story after this, which is much bigger, but um, has partnered with Riot Games uh, as the exclusive Chinese broadcast partner of both the LCS, so the North American competition, and the LEC, the European competition I've just mentioned. So, now I'm pretty sure Huya has the broadcast rights to the LCK, so the Korean League, and the LPL, so the Chinese League as well. So, it's kind of tapped the four biggest leagues in in league of legends esports uh to uh, for, for at least the the next year i believe though um finance both financial terms and the actual length of the deal were not announced as far as i'm aware so that that's quite a big move for who you're getting in uh, obviously part as partner with the likes of team liquid in 2019 this is a much bigger play in my opinion um uh, and yeah so that's that's one to keep an eye on 
um, and, and sticking on Huya. MTG, so the parent company of ESL and DreamHack, um, I think it was in September last year, announced a, a, a venture. So a term sheet was entered with Huya where they would be creating a, a joint venture together and um, Huya would acquire a minority interest in ESL. So on January 22nd, this actually collapsed, which is quite a, quite a big deal, you know, like ESL especially, but MTG as a whole is not like making a bank at the moment. It's almost pissing money. So to have a massive fallout um, with Huya in terms of contract negotiations and, and risk management and, and whatever else they said it was, I think I can actually find it. So yeah, they said they had different views on contractual risks and other key commercial terms. So that they believe that there's a fruitful partnership to be had there, but they, they couldn't actually meet them meet halfway and, and make something happen. And what we saw from there was MTG's share price take a sizable hit. Um, just just one day after um, this news was announced, um, the, the price went down from 126 to 107, which is a decrease of 15%. Obviously a major thing. It could bounce right back up, but I mean, this is just an, another uh, chink in the armor of MTG and ESL particularly. So... Um, who you still has some skin in the game in the West, obviously, with Team Liquid and now with the partnership with Riot Games. They could obviously expand that in the future, I'm sure, because um, Riot Games will want the, the Chinese viewership, of course. Um, even though there's no way to really verify um, the numbers behind it, like you can't deny there are big numbers that come associated with China. So that, that was a very big deal there. So moving on, uh, for my UK esports fans, like myself, obviously, supporting my, my home nation and hoping we can keep up with, with other countries and nations, um, ESL has announced the return of ESL1 Birmingham. So this will be the third year in a row it'll be running. The first year was a major. It lost its major status. I, I, I didn't acquire the major status, I, I, I should put it, for the second year. And it'll be the same for the third year. So it'll be a standard ESL1 event, which is still... Obviously a big deal. It starts on May 26th in Birmingham. Go buy your tickets because it sells out very fucking quickly. Uh, if, if the last two years anything to go by. That's just one for the UK esports fans there. That's it. It is a big deal, you know, bringing like flagship events and having a recurring thing where people can look forward to um, each year in the UK and I guess outside of it who want to travel. Like that's an amazing thing. So, so props to ESL for that one, though it's not going to stop you pissing money, you know. Okay, so FlyQuest, North American organization, competes in the LCS. I think it's just dropped its Apex Legends roster, and I'm not sure what other team, what other teams it has. It perhaps um, is in Fortnite or something along those lines. And nothing too spectacular. The the League of Legends team is definitely its flagship team there. Um, that organization has promoted. I may butcher the name, so bear me with with me on this one. Trisha Sagita. I, I believe is the name. Sorry if I butcher it. I I tried my best there. Um, has been promoted from COO to COO. Oh, uh, sorry, COO to CEO. It's too many letters there, and it's too early in the morning. And they've announced a new facility called the Greenhouse. And along with that, they've announced an initiative, a Go Green initiative, um, which will be seen throughout its activations, its jersey design, marketing campaigns, and kind of everything it does in an attempt to be the first green organization promoting environmental awareness and, and climate change and such. So obviously a very a very big shift there, and they're, they're trying to stand out from the crowd. There are so many organizations in North America um, doing amazing things, you know. So yeah, they're, they're obviously trying to separate themselves, and, and the appointment of Trisha uh, um, having a new facility, which looks quite cool. And then going green is like a big step. They've just got to keep pushing upon that to, to kind of break into the tier one of, of North American esports, I'd, I'd, I'd say, really. Um, speaking of big North American organizations, we have 100 Thieves. Um, they announced their 100 Thieves Cash App 
compound finally so actually addressed to 6050 which is a nice nod to any optic gaming fans out there i'm not going to explain it but if you know you know uh based in um los angeles they've announced their or they've sorry they've opened up for business their 15,000 square foot facility which is complete with like sleeping pods i'm pretty sure and um training facilities and it'll headquarter all the office staff and all the creative team uh, nature has got his own studio because of course it has where everyone else seems to be kind of band band together but i mean it, it looks it looks great cash app uh coming in as the title sponsor for that the title partner is is incredible that must have cost a shit ton for jack dorsey and, and his company there um having the name attached uh yet again to 100 thieves that they they're involved uh jersey sponsorship and uh sponsor the podcast that they do there so it's a big involvement seemingly the biggest partnership that 100 thieves has right now um, opening that up and then starting its retail experience so where fans can actually come to the facility and buy the new clothing that they're going to put out which is always popular as you know if you follow esports uh, it's quite a big deal there and, and this is supposed to take 100 Thieves into the next level going into 2020 and beyond I guess the new decade so that's that's obviously a big deal it's, it's one to keep keep an eye out for I would, I would say go and have a look at, at the facility itself they're calling it the, the biggest and best in North America um, you obviously be the judge of that yourself. Um, it, the complexities, GameStop Performance Center, for example, looks absolutely fucking great. Uh, and speaking of centers and facilities, Dignitas and Verizon have just entered a 5G-focused partnership. So what's ha- what's going to happen there is they're going to establish an esports training facility that utilizes 5G connection. So the, the Verizon 5G Gaming Center will be a 5,500-square-foot facility in LA as well that will serve as both a headquarters for its organization but also a training facility for its LCS team. Now, what was kind of interesting here is you can really see Dignitas trying to separate itself from the Dignitas name. I mean, being named, uh, having the same name, sorry, is like a suicide clinic is not an ideal thing, so I can understand that, but they're going for Dig. And I don't know if Dig is iconic enough of a name or really punchy enough or catchy enough or stands out enough and, uh, and makes clear what they are. Um, as as what they're perhaps thinking, so it'll be interesting to see what what goes on there with that brand. But the big the, the big news there is Verizon's entered esports in a big way in terms of getting involved and having and housing Dignitas basically, who are obviously with the ownership of H HBSE and um, acquiring Clutch Gaming, so thus returning to the LCS. It's obviously making a big push uh, under the leadership of Michael Prindeville. So the last story, we're getting through this quite quickly. The last story is Activision Blizzard entering a multi-year deal. They call it like some strategic relationship. I don't know why all the fancy terms. It is a partnership with Google. So immediately the thing you'll think of is, or the most notable thing for the kind of kind of casual fans as well as industry folk alike, is that the Call of Duty League, which launched yesterday at the time of recording this, as well as the Overwatch League, which is about to start its third season and finally go into the, the home and away format it was envisioning, even though it's not entirely the same as what was pitched initially. Hearthstone Esports and other titles as well that haven't been announced at this point. You have to imagine the likes of StarCraft and WarCraft are going to be involved, especially following on from the deal with ESL to create Pro Tours for all of these titles, you know. So Blizzard should be making a big push using third-party companies and partnering to actually push a lot of its esports further than what they've been before outside of the outside of Overwatch League and obviously now Call of Duty. So the deal will also see Activision Blizzard use Google Cloud. It will become the preferred provider um for activision blizzard when it comes to its gaming hosting infrastructure which obviously has its own set of implications there's a big deal for its own reasons but um interestingly um using the the wording preferred provider doesn't mean it's the exclusive provider so it can 
go back and use what he's using prior. So uh, I guess it's a, a case-by-case scenario. It'll be interesting to watch how this unfolds throughout the years. We don't know the exact um, terms of how long this partnership will last for. They're just saying multi-year. So it could be two, could be five. I imagine it's probably three three to five years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Now YouTube will be exclusively streaming a bunch of esports. Um, we, we got the first taste of this with the Call of Duty League yesterday. The, the, the quality wasn't great. People kept lagging out and such on YouTube when watching. Oh, sorry, the stream kept lagging out while people were watching on YouTube yesterday. Uh, and some people were going over to the MLG website um, where it was also being streamed, which is a bit strange to call YouTube the exclusive broadcast partner for for these leagues if they're also going to be available on MLG. I don't know if that's just a Call of Duty thing, but, but nonetheless, it's a bit of a strange one and there's a lot of things for them to iron out to make it a particularly great uh, great acquisition in terms of rights for for Google, but I will say the fact that they didn't mention a, um, a monetary value alongside this suggests that it's less than the ninety mil that um, Activision Blizzard um, made with the Twitch deal. So um, at the beginning of uh, the Overwatch League in twenty seventeen, sorry, I should make that clear, or maybe it was it early twenty eighteen? None, nonetheless, very big deal there, but this hasn't been um, played up to be a bigger deal than that, which hundred percent they would do if it was. So that, that's interesting there. And obviously YouTube making a big play yet again, trying to um, combat Twitch uh, and kind of become the place to go if you want to watch esports. They're already conquering in like South America, for example, with Free Fire, like incredible numbers there. Fortnite's also popular on the on the platform. Um, but it's just not quite built the same as Twitch and it has its own merits and it has its own downfalls. And it'll be interesting to see how under the leadership of Fwiz and I guess Lester Chen, how things develop and, and how it accommodates um, all of these leagues and all these esports going forward, especially if it's going to make a play for more in the future. We've already seen that it's it's grabbed Valkyrie and Courage from 100 Thieves, the streaming um, streaming personalities and influencers. So it's obviously making a big play in the streaming wars, and it's good to see it finally seep into esports as that's when the money will rise as the competition rises, you know. So very positive thing there overall. We'll just have to see how things develop uh, as they go on, really. So that is the... Second episode, bloody hell, is that all? It feels like I've been doing it for ages. The second episode of The Hard Carry comes out every Saturday. It's on YouTube and podcast platforms. I'm still working on get it, getting it everywhere, but you can catch it on the Google, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Break, I think it's called, or Radio Public, and a couple of others, but it will be coming to Apple Podcasts and your yeah, Stitchers and everywhere else, Pocket Casts and everywhere else you listen soon. So feel free to subscribe to, to stay up to date with what's happening in the industry without having to read 700,000 articles. Though I would recommend you go to esportsinsider.com to stay up to date throughout the week and read those articles there. Like we do a good job. We're the only place you can go to right now to stay up to date with absolutely everything that's going on. And, and as time goes on, um, there'll be more opinion pieces, more interviews. We're doing quite well on the interview front, but there'll be more there. Um, more analytical pieces, more video content, like everything's being ramped up by Esports Insider in the next year. And I'm not saying that just because I, I work there and I'm privy to what's going on, but like that, um, a lot is planned and I can't wait to show it to you. But yeah, go to Esports Insider in the meantime, every Saturday, come spend 10, 15, 20 minutes with myself and, and we'll stay up to date with what the hell is going on because it's just so busy. So thank you very much for watching or listening and I'll see you in a week's time. Cheers.